today is a Christmas holiday, as we all know. You all look handsome and beautiful and all those good things. I even saw uh, Jessica was in here with a, with a big church lady hat on. I love that. You know what I mean? Last week I said, you know, women even wear your, your big church hat. So I love seeing the church hat. I see some of the kids in suits and some of the men in suits. Pastor Eric and Mary Jo walked in this morning. I was like, I like the suit. I like the suit. And so uh, it looks good on him. Uh, Dan's back here. has got his suit on. And my father-in-law, Bill, Doc. Doc's always GQ right? I don't know how you take it up a notch from where Doc usually is at, but uh, he did. To, well, he did today. Show us the hat, Doc. Put the hat on. Let us see the hat. Can we see the hat? I love it. I love it. It's a stylish man over there. My daughter's like, you need to dress like Doc. So today we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this season, if we're being honest, can be an exhausting season because of all the other stuff that goes along with this season. And I just encourage all of us to remember the reason for this season while we're doing all of our other traditions, while we're hanging out with family, while we're you know, opening gifts and giving gifts while we're coming to church and celebrating, while you're doing all the different things that you do. Let's not let those family traditions, season traditions get in the way of the reason for which we are celebrating this. And that is that our Savior, Jesus, was born. Now, before I go into the word, I want to deal with a couple big buts. B-U-T. A couple big butts, because you always get these during the Christmas season. The first one is, but he was not born on December 25th, or he wasn't even born in, on De in December at all. True. I agree with you. But you know, when my kids were in school, when they were in elementary school, you know, because they want everyone to feel good right? So if a child had a birthday during the summertime, June, July, or August, they would celebrate their half birthday during the season or during the school year, just so they weren't left out. It, it, it's okay to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ in a month or during a season when he wasn't born. You haven't committed sin. You haven't entered into sin, Right? If our kids can get their half birthday celebrated, why, why can't we celebrate Jesus? Right? Here's the second big but. But the Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate Christmas. I totally agree with you. You will not get an argument from me with that. Right? But I'll say this. The Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate your birthday either. Or your anniversary. Right? or little Johnny's birthday, or graduation. The Bible doesn't tell us to wear these wedding rings. I'm going to say something else. Don't throw a stone at me. The Bible doesn't tell us to come together on Sundays to worship Jesus. But we do it. The Bible does tell us to obey the Sabbath, but we violate that all the time. 
If we want to get into what the Bible tells us to celebrate, then the Bible does talk about these seven feasts of the Lord. How many of us celebrate those every year? Don't raise your hand. So let's, let's, not, let's not get into this, well, the Bible doesn't tell us to. It's okay to have another reason to celebrate Jesus. The third big but I want to give you is, but there's a lot of paganism associated with Christian or with Christmas. You will not get an argument with, from me. I agree. So this is what I would say about that. Don't do those things. Don't do it. In fact, choose not to celebrate Christmas altogether. If you choose not to, it's okay. Right? But we're going to take some time during this season and on this day particularly to celebrate that our Savior, our Lord, was born. You know, there's some churches that aren't even having church today. And, and I'm not casting stones at them, but, but I'm saying if, if, if we can't have church on Christmas because people have other family obligations, then what are we having church for in the first place? If we can't come together to worship the one whom this day represents his birth, what are we doing here? Right? So as the people of God, it's important that we just... Keep in mind the reason for this season. And it's that Emmanuel, that God is with us. Amen? Today, the title of my message is, He Will Be. He Will Be. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. And I'm not going to be long today. I've got a shorter timer uh, so that it, it, it's going to go off if I go over. So Luke chapter 1. <laughs> Starting in verse 26, it says, Now on the sixth day of the month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city called Galilee, named Nazareth, uh, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Wow. What a greeting from an angel, right? He has said a mouthful here, but we're focusing on Jesus today, so we won't get into Mary. Start to make a joke there, but I'm not going to. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and, birth, and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So the angel Gabriel comes with this message that in a few short sentences says a mouthful about Jesus Christ. And so today, I just want to talk about three things that Gabriel said Jesus 
would be. First, he said he will be called or his you shall call him Jesus. In scripture, in the Bible, in the Jewish tradition, they don't just name their kids anything. Oh, I like that name. You know, let me name my kid Porsche because I like that car. You know, let me name my kid. But like when Stacey and I were having our first kid, people were like, is, it's a boy. Is, it, is he going to be Charles III? Because I'm a junior. It's like, no, he's not going to be Charles III. Well, why wouldn't you name that? Because God has a destiny and a purpose for this boy. And I need to know what it is. And so I'm going to name him according to what God has shown me to name him. So what did we name him? Joshua. The Lord is salvation. Which when Stacy and I found out she was pregnant with him was shortly before we came into salvation with Jesus. And so when we look at Josh, he's a marker of our walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so the angel says, you shall call him Jesus. The name Jesus means savior. When we say Jesus Christ or when we say Christ Jesus, we're saying the anointed savior. Right. Because you can have a lot of saviors. But there's only one savior. What do I mean by that? There's people in our nation right now that act like Donald Trump is the savior of America. And he's not. We honor him as the president, you know, but but he's not the savior. There's only one savior, Jesus. Right? And so you shall call him Savior. Now, I want to read something to you in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. It says, Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said, Rulers and people and elders of Israel, if this day, if this, if we this day judge are judged for good deeds done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has, been, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus, that's it. He is the Savior. The angel Gabriel says that to Mary. He will be the Savior of the world. We have to settle it in our heart that he is the only way to God. He is the only answer to sin. He's the only one that can overcome the enemy. Jesus Christ, our Savior. He saves us from the penalty of sin. He saves us from the motivation to sin. And he saves us from even the influence of sin. Let me explain that for just a second. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. You're covered in the blood of Christ. Right? Well, well, I only have little sins. Little sins will send you to hell too. 
right? Not just murder and rape and all these dastardly things we think about, but a little white lie, if that's the only sin you've ever committed, it will send you to hell. Because we're serving a holy king, right? And so when I say that he saves us from the penalty of sin, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, his blood covers us and not covers our sin, but washes it away. So we have to understand the difference here. In the Old Testament, on the Day of Atonement, the blood would be poured on the mercy seat and their sin would be pushed forward for a year to be dealt with later. It would cover the sin. But if you lift that blood, the sin is still there, right? It's kind of like a kid spilling Kool-Aid on the mom's carpet and taking a plate and just sticking it over the carpet and hoping mom doesn't lift that plate up. Because while the plate's there, there's no stain. But let mom lift that plate. Who, who did this? And all the siblings start pointing at each other. Or, or even worse, we don't know. How'd that get there? Right? Or is that just in my house? When I was growing up. Old Testament, it covered. Jesus washes it away. He saves us from the penalty of sin. What about the motivation to sin? As you come into relationship with Christ, you start to get a new heart, a new mind, new desires, where that which used to be attractive to you in your past life is no longer attractive to you now. My friend Jeff Wallace, who's preached here uh, a number of times, he tells his testimony how when, when he got saved, he was a crackhead, a literal crackhead. And when he got saved, the, the, the smell and the taste of cigarettes and drugs and alcohol repulsed him. When it used to be all he sought after from the age of 11 to I think he got saved at 34. But he got saved, came into a relationship with Christ, and that which he used to have a desire and appetite for, he no longer desired. It, 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 was, it would churn his stomach. Think about your life before Christ and some of the things that you were engaged in that you loved and now you're embarrassed by. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I used to live that way. I can't believe I used to talk like that. Why? Because Jesus saves us from even the motivation to sin. Then he saves us from even the influence of sin and that will be when he returns and we receive our new bodies and all wickedness and sin is done away with. Sin will not have any influence in our lives, right? Because you can be delivered and set free from something. God has set me free from some things. But if I'm not careful, I can still be tempted to go down that road. There's coming a day when our Lord and Savior returns and we receive our new glorified bodies where that will not be appealing in any way, shape, or form. Amen. We will not be tempted with sin. So Jesus will ultimately save us from even the influence of sin. Jesus is our Savior. The next thing he says, the angel Gabriel to Mary, is he will be great. Great means the greatest or exceedingly mighty. There's a lot of talk right now in the sports world, I'm a big sports person, 
of the, the we, we call it the GOAT debate. Who's the GOAT? The greatest of all time, right? So like Tom Brady is known as the greatest football player of all time and Michael Jordan is known as the greatest basketball of all time. There's some crazy people that put LeBron in there, but we just got to pray for them people and, and just hope, you know, they come to their senses. But, but there's all this talk about the greatest, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Jesus is the greatest of all time. There's none that can rival him. There's none that can touch him. He is exceedingly mighty. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. Why is that important? Because name represents character and authority. Whenever you see in the scripture, it says in the name or name, name, it means and the character and authority of that person. So when it says, and God has given him a name above every other name, he's given him a character and authority above every other character and authority that will ever or has ever or that is currently in the world. Jesus, he's exceedingly great. He's not just great. He's beyond our comprehension. What we do understand about his greatness is just crumbs of who he is. Our brains, I don't think, can comprehend the greatness of our God and our Savior. For therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, some knees... Oh, wait a minute. I read that wrong. My glasses... That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It covered everything. Everyone in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. They'll bow their knee to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is great. He is exceedingly mighty. He is the greatest of all time. Now, here's the funny thing about Jesus is that the way that he got to this place of greatness was so contrary to the way we get to a place of greatness in this world. He got to the place of greatness through obedience and humility. through obedience and humility. Because that's the way you rank up in the kingdom of God. In the kingdoms of this world, you step on people and you stab them in the back and you throw out your resume and talk about how much better your resume is from the person next to you. That's how you rank up in our world. But in the kingdom of God, it's obedience to God and humility where God can say, I can use him. I can use her. I can promote them. Amen. Amen. So he, Jesus, is exceedingly great. And what he did for you and I, no one else can do. No one else can do. Listen, Muhammad is still in the grave and Allah is still a useless idol. 
We can say the same thing about Buddha, Hindu gods, uh, pagan gods. It doesn't matter. No one else and nothing else can do for you what Jesus has done. Because they're not great enough. Because they have not humbled themselves enough to come and live this life and lay down their life so that you can find it. They have not overcome death, hell, and the grave by being resurrected from the grave. That's why I'll be honest with you. When I go into a Catholic church or even someone's house and they have that crucifix with the cross and Jesus still on it, it's like, man, would you get him off of that thing? He is not there. Right? That's the, you need to get a, a vision for the empty tomb because that's the God that we serve, the victorious God who overcame death, who overcame sin, who rose from the grave. We serve the great God. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen? The third thing that the angel Gabriel said is that he will be called the son of the highest, which means he will be called the son of God. Now, here's why that is important. Um, if you look at Josh, my son back here, we, we look alike. I told him he cut his hair because he wants to look more like his daddy. <laughs> right? He looked at me and looked at himself and said, I'm, I'm handsome, but I, I'm, I don't look like my dad yet. So let me cut my hair off and I can look more like dad. And then this thing goes to another level, right? Obviously, I'm joking. But when you look at Josh, you, 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 you see me, right? Uh, especially if you look at younger pictures of me when I was slamming all that. So... Um, I was at one point in time because he's from me and you know what sometimes he does things like me right all my kids they have different things where they do certain and it's like I see me in that right well Jesus is the son of God and so when we're when, and Jesus said it when we see Jesus we see the father Jesus, what did he say? I and my father are one, right? If you see me, you've seen my father. And so just as God is righteous and holy and good and all these other things that we uh, uh, say about God, so isn't Jesus. Just as the father loves you, Jesus loves you. Just as the father wants you to be set free and healed and walk in victorious, Jesus wants you to be set free and healed and walking victorious. Amen? In Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, And when he, Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, we've, we've got to understand something here. The timing of this word from the Father to Jesus. Because up until this point in time, Pastor Mary Jo, Jesus hadn't done anything. He, to, to our knowledge, 
He hadn't healed a sick person. He hadn't cast out a devil. He hadn't raised anyone from the dead. He had not done anything that we know of. And the father is saying, that's my boy. And he pleases me. Why is that important? Because some of us, as sons and daughters of God, are trying to earn God's love, trying to earn God's pleasure, trying to earn all these things by our, our actions. And there's nothing wrong with right works, doing the right thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what you need to understand is that from the moment, in fact, before you were conceived, God loved you, had a plan for you, has a purpose for you. And while you live, while you have breath in your body, he will be with you always trying to get you to fulfill that plan. I don't care how off you get. God will be there with you trying to get you back on track into relationship with him. Why? Because Jesus is the son of the most high. And he came and laid down his life so that men might be saved. Are you hearing me this morning, church? When we read in um, Genesis chapter 3, we see something here, you know, because Jesus is the seed of the woman, and as the seed of the woman, he's going to crush the head of the serpent, who is Satan. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 God is handing out punishment for the sin that was done in the garden. And he says to the, to, the, to the serpent, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. Enmity is strong hatred. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed, Satan, and, the, and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, I want to show you something here. You notice that on this translation, this is a new King James translation, her seed is capitalized because it's speaking to Jesus. Now, he says, Satan, you will bruise his heel. You can recover from a bruised heel, but it's hard to recover from a crushed head. So when Satan, when, when, when we see Jesus on the cross, that's the bruised heel. But when we see the empty tomb... That's the crushed head. You don't get an empty tomb without the baby being born in the manger. And I'm here to tell you, church, that Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, has come to set all of us free from all the power of the devil in our lives. I don't care if it's addiction. I don't care if it's brokenness. I don't care if it's, if it's a, a bad family lineage. I don't care what it is. Jesus Christ, as the Son of God, can set us free. What we need to do is have our ear tuned to his voice and our hearts submitted to his will so that we can see his desire come about for each one of us. Amen? As the son of the highest, Jesus is anointed to destroy all the work of the enemy. And you know, one of the things we need to realize as I, as I prepare to close is that a lot of us are free. We just don't know it and therefore haven't started to walk in it. 
man, that was a game changer for me. You know, I had a lot of issues when I got saved and, and, and the Lord started delivering me from, but I, I had this one issue that just would hang on. And I, I couldn't get free. And I remember the day that the Lord, I, I'm saying to God, like, just, just deliver me from this. I'm in prayer. Just deliver me from this. And the Lord says to me, I have. Just walk in it now. And in that moment, I realized when God said, I have, walk in it, he was saying, you now, Charles, have the power to say no to that. Because I've set you free. I have totally set you free. So now you can say no when that temptation comes. And I'm telling you, church, that we are in this place because the son of the highest has been born and lived his life perfectly and laid down his life to set us free from sin where we can walk free from the influence of the enemy. Amen. Luke chapter 2 verses 4 through 7 says Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Here's the question that I have for you on this Sunday morning, this Christmas morning 2022 is have you made room for Jesus in your life? Think about the Savior of the world. They couldn't find room in the end for him. I mean, had the people in the end known who this baby was, they would have given up their rooms. Now, we know who Jesus is. The question is, have we truly made room for him in our lives? And I'm not just talking about those of you who need to make a decision about accepting Christ as Lord and Savior or not. I'm talking about those of us as well who've walked with the Lord for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, a thousand years. Are you still making room for Jesus in your life? Because I'm going to tell you this, he's not happy with this corner of your life. He wants to be engaged in every single aspect of who you are. I remember Eddie, when I used to play fantasy football, and I was talking to this guy I was going to be competing against on Sunday, and I was saying, I don't know who to start, this, that, and the other, and and I said, I'm going to just pray about it. And he said, man, God don't care about no fantasy football. I said, I know, but he cares about me as his son. And anytime I ask him to engage in anything in my life, he will engage. So I prayed. And I felt I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And I kicked his butt. 
And I called him. I said, hey, bro, remember when I told you any area of my life that I invite God into, he will be engaged? And it's time for us to realize that, church, that God wants to be in every aspect of our lives. The question is, will we make room for him? If you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ, I encourage you. We're going to have prayer, pe- uh, prayer teams down here at the altar after service. Come see them so they can pray with you. If you're realizing there's areas of your life where you've, you've kept Jesus at arm's length or maybe you're not allowing him, in, come stand with our prayer team as they're down here so that we can pray for you. Don't leave this place in that condition. As I was going to sleep last night, it's something the Lord put on my heart. I said, Lord, I repent and I ask you to forgive me and I invite you in to that area of my life. Because God wants to see us walk in the fullness of who he's created and called us to be. And as we're wrapping up 2022, let's go into 2023 like this. Lord, there's more room for you in this life called Charles Butler. Show me where I need to make room. Show me where I need to empty my heart. Show me where I need to be renewed in the way that I think. Show me the things that I need to get rid of so that you can come in and be with me. Because there's no life like a life with Jesus. There's a lot of things that people are pursuing in this life. And only one thing really matters, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we honor you and thank you for this day. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, whom we celebrate on this day. We thank you, God, that you're in your wisdom. You had a plan to set us free from sin and restore us to yourself so that we can have eternal life. I pray, God, that we make room for you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we invite you into every single aspect of our lives, that we keep you out of nothing and that you become Lord of all. What you say, what you permit, we permit. What you reject, we will reject. Yes, Lord. I pray that you make us hungry for you. Make us desperate again for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I wish I could sing. Because I'd sing this song. Can you give us a couple verses of that, Doc? We'll be wrapped up soon, but let's just, let's, if you know these lyrics, sing along with it. Yes, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Because there's a hunger and a thirst. 
am desperate. Immerse me. I'm not waiting. Not anymore. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you. I am desperate, immerse me, and I'm not waiting, not anymore, because I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord. Let's live like that. Let's live like our lives depend on Jesus. Let's live like we need him. Let's, let's reject living like we're doing him a favor, a favor by calling him our savior. And let's live like he really is our savior. That without him, we have no hope in this world. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't have hope without Jesus. Father, we glorify you and thank you. We need you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. If you're here for the first time, uh, Ms. Sue Larson is over here to my right. We'd love to greet you, and, and, and we have a gift for you that we'd like to give you. She'll be in the blue room, which we call our mission room, outside these doors. Please meet her. Uh, outside uh, after service. Once again, our prayer team is up here. So if you need prayer, if you want to give your life to Christ or rededicate your life to Christ, please come down and see one of our prayer team members so that we can pray with you. Uh, also, uh, don't forget about the 21-day fast and our prayer time that we're going to have Sundays through Wednesday. Participate in that. I want to see God do great things in our church and in your lives in 2023. Amen. If you have not scanned the QR code, please do that as well. Father, we glorify you and thank you for this day. Bless us and help us to remember the reason for which we are celebrating this day that we call Christmas. It's because your son Jesus was born. We glorify you for that. Let our lives bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll, we'll see you soon.